Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. Hello. Hi, Bethany. We're doing another remote podcast today. And today we are going to be discussing the impacts of smoking on your heart health. We've touched on this topic in several of our previous podcasts because smoking remains the single largest preventable cause of death and illness in the world. Smoking causes an estimated 480,000 deaths every year. That is about one in five deaths, everybody. That's a lot. And right now with COVID-19, some research has shown that people who smoke and develop COVID-19 infections are at a greater risk of serious complications. So usually hospitalization or going on a ventilator or ECMO. And then they're also, of course, at a greater risk of dying also from COVID-19. Right. Yeah. And because November 19th is the great American smokeout, There's no better time than today to talk about how smoking damages your heart and your whole cardiovascular system, and also why November 19th would be a great day to commit to quit. Yes. So ordinarily, I'd say I have some fun facts, but I mean, smoking shouldn't be, you know, it's not a fun thing. So Mm -mm. I'll say interesting. I have some interesting facts about smoking. Rates of cigarette smoking have actually declined over the past several decades. So from about 42% of people in 1965 to 13.7% in 2019, which is quite the dramatic decrease, right? Yeah, that's a big drop. Yeah, but that actually means that about 32.4 million Americans still smoke cigarettes. So that's a large number. Mm -hmm. And also... People need to know that the gains in these numbers are inconsistent. So some groups smoke more heavily or at higher rates, and then they suffer disproportionately from not only smoking-related cancer, like we hear about a lot, but other diseases as well, too. So, And it's probably no surprise, but these populations tend to be people who experience inequities in multiple areas of their life. So we're talking about people at lower socioeconomic levels, people without college degrees, Native Americans and Alaska Natives, African American and Black communities, LGBTQ communities, people in the military, and people with behavioral health issues. So these people are already kind of a little bit behind the eight ball with other issues going on in life. And now they have the effects of smoking that can add to that. And a lot of those effects, like you mentioned, happen to your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we all know that smoking affects our lungs, right, Bethany? Mm-hmm. Definitely. But since we work in a cardiac awareness center, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about how <laughs> smoking affects your heart. Yes. Now, smoking damages every tissue and organ in your body, and your cardiovascular system is not spared that damage. Smoking increases the risk of heart disease and stroke by two to four times. That's significant. Yes. And women who smoke have a 25% higher risk of developing heart disease as compared to men who smoke. Of course. All right, so let's go through some of the stuff as to why this is. And one of the things has to do with nicotine. So nicotine makes your heart rate and your blood pressure skyrocket. 
Carbon monoxide and tobacco rob your heart, brain, and arteries of oxygen. Not good. No. Smoking also damages your blood vessel and makes your blood sticky, which can increase your risk of blood clots, which can then travel to your heart, brain, or lungs. So we're always talking a lot about in all these other podcasts about how we really want to keep our blood vessels nice and healthy, right? Yes. So smoking does not help with that at all. Quitting would, of course. Yeah. So smoking lowers your tolerance for physical activity and decreases your HDL cholesterol, which is the good or the healthy cholesterol. And you want high amounts of that HDL. So not good there either. Now, a special added thing for women, if you take oral contraceptives, smoking increases your blood pressure and your risk for stroke and heart attack. So especially dangerous if you're smoking while you're taking oral contraceptives. Right. And that's one of the things that they, that's one of the warning label things that they put on oral contraceptives. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also important that we mention secondhand smoke. Because a lot of the smoking regulations we've seen kind of in our lifetime, because I'm sure, Heather, you can remember the days where you would go to a restaurant and there was still a smoking section. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times it was funny because it would be a big open restaurant and the smoking section would be on one side of the restaurant and there's no wall, you know, like kind of going everywhere. But we've seen this shift so that there's not the secondhand smoke in a lot of public places. and. The reason for that there, you know, is is good. There's science behind it because non-smokers who have high blood pressure or high cholesterol have an even bigger risk of developing heart disease when they're exposed to secondhand smoke. And that's typically about 25 to 30 percent higher. Also, secondhand smoke increases your risk of having a heart attack or stroke. And 30,000 US coronary heart disease deaths per year are caused by secondhand smoke. So it's important to note that obviously this doesn't mean like you're walking down the street and someone is smoking a cigarette and you walk through their cloud of smoke and this is going to happen. You know, that that's not the case. We're talking about being exposed on a regular basis, either by living with someone who smokes or working in a place that allows for smoking and constantly being exposed. You know, it's, it's something right. that would build up over time. It's not one or two encounters here and there. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's give our listeners a little bit of good news. Oh, yes. We need good news today. <laughs> now, if you do smoke, you do have control over your fate. You have the power to quit. Yes. And while, it is, and while it is difficult to quit and it feels like the odds may be stacked against you, you should continue to make the effort. And why? Because the benefits of quitting start almost immediately. That's very important for people to know. <laughs> right. I, I don't think people get that it happens fast. Yes. So within 20 minutes after quitting, your heart rate and blood pressure drop close to normal levels. Like that's big. So yeah, you're already seeing some big benefits. 12 hours after quitting, the carbon monoxide level in your blood drops to normal. Also great. Two weeks to three months after quitting, your circulation improves and your lung function increases. One to nine months after quitting, coughing and shortness of breath decrease. 
Okay. And I know you're seeing some big spreads here, like one to nine months. I think a lot of that maybe has to do with maybe how much the person smoked before that, right? And maybe even how long they had been smoking for. If you're a packer to a day smoker, (laughs) it's going to take maybe a little longer to kind of see those benefits compared to somebody who maybe smoked just a couple cigarettes a day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. few more things. So one year after quitting, the excess risk of coronary heart disease is half that of someone who still smokes, and your risk for a heart attack drops dramatically. So that's big. Mm-hmm. Five years after quitting, your stroke risk can fall to that of a non-smoker after two to five years. 15 years after quitting, your risk of coronary heart disease is back to that of a non-smoker's. Awesome. Quit- Yeah. A couple other really benefits as well. Quitting smoking also lowers your risk of diabetes. It allows your blood vessels to work better and helps your heart and lungs to function properly. And the life expectancy for smokers is at least 10 years shorter than that of non-smokers. Quitting smoking before the age of 40 reduces the risk of dying from smoking-related disease by about 90%. Wow. That's Huge. So quitting while you're younger will reduce your health risks more, but quitting at any age can give you back years of your life that would otherwise be lost to poor health or death. Yeah, definitely. And that's a perfect segue into talking about the Great American Smokeout. This is a campaign that I think we've heard about since I was a kid, at least. I don't know about you. But the idea for the Great American Smokeout grew From a 1970 event in Randolph, Massachusetts, this man named Arthur P. Mullaney asked people to take the money they would have spent on cigarettes in one day and donate that money instead to a high school scholarship fund. And a lot of... That's cool. Yeah. It's a (laughs) good way to, you know, make a difference, right? Mm -hmm. So then in 1974, um, Lynn R. Smith, who was the editor of the Monticello Times in Minnesota, spearheaded Minnesota's first Don't Smoke Day, or they called it D-Day. And then on November 18th in 1976, the California Division of the American Cancer Society got nearly 1 million people who smoked to quit for the day. And that event marked the first official smokeout. So a million people quitting in 1976 is pretty big. And then the following year, that was when the American Cancer Society took this smokeout and made it a nationwide event. So now on the third Thursday of November every year, the Great American Smokeout is held. And that is a day that smokers are challenged to quit or to make a plan to quit. So, you know, if you don't feel you can quit on that day, at least you have your plan on that day to quit. Right. So what are the most effective ways to quit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not enough to say, hey, you should quit smoking. (laughs) Because it's true that 90% of smokers who try to quit will start smoking again, despite their best efforts, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also important to know that many people still actually quit. Otherwise, these numbers would not be going down every year. Mm -hmm. So while estimates run as low as six times trying before successfully quitting, newer studies have shown it may take some people as many as 30 or more attempts to quit successfully. But the point is, you just keep trying until it sticks. Right. Right? So how do you accomplish it? There's several ways. 
The first we're going to mention is the way I think most people think of it, and that's cold turkey. And so that means you throw the pack of cigarettes away, and I'm never smoking again. And not surprisingly, that's one of the most difficult ways to do it, because Mm -hmm. studies have shown that only 3 to 5% of those who try to quit this way are successful. You know, only the most disciplined people are able to quit this way, because cold turkey means no help at all. No program, no nicotine replacement, no nothing. You just stop. Most smokers who've tried to quit have tried this way at least once, if not repeatedly. So it's difficult physically, it's difficult mentally, it's difficult emotionally. So if you want to quit this way, you should mentally prepare yourself and really, really commit to it. And also be sure to prepare yourself for symptoms of nicotine withdrawal. Because if you're not going to take anything for them, you need to be aware of what they might be like for you before you actually fully commit to this. Yeah. So the cold turkey method is doable. It works for some people, but it's a really low success rate. Exactly. So let's go into another method, which does have a higher success rate. And these are financial incentive plans. A 2015 New England Journal of Medicine study found that people who had a financial incentive to quit had some remarkable success. So this this study was really interesting. The most successful program was one where a person deposited $150 of their own money into an account. So they got some skin in the game, right? Mm. The person would get that plus $650 more if they successfully refrained from smoking. So if they quit, they'd get $800. They're $150 back, $650 more. People in that program also got advice on quitting, and they had access to a free counseling program and were also offered nicotine replacement therapy. Of those people, 52.3% quit. Wow. That's that's, <laughs> that's huge. That's yeah. really good, actually, for quitting smoking. So also, as part of the study, there was a group where smokers got an $800 incentive for quitting without having to put up any of their own money, mm-hmm. along with those same quit resources that I mentioned. Right. However, only 17.1% were successful at quitting. Wow. Yeah. So you got the same amount of money at the end. So right. that part was interesting. But the people who actually put their some of their own money in were three times more successful with quitting. You know, I mean, I can see how that would happen because like we see this with our, um, we do this annual holiday challenge, which is called Maintain Don't Gain, where people put up $10 of their own money. And if their weight is within a certain range, by the new year, they get that money back plus a portion of, you know, any of the money that's left over in the kitty. And people say just knowing, you know, $10 is not $150. But just knowing that you've committed this chunk of your own money, and if you don't, you know, follow through, you're not getting it back. It's just enough to give you a little added incentive. So I can see that I do find it interesting, though, that people were offered that $800 and it just was not enough to right. have as many people stick to it. Right. It's kind of right. fascinating to me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, even when we've offered like in-person smoking cessation groups, right, where we have a trained facilitator teach the classes, Mm -hmm. we've had better success also with people quitting when we've structured it so that people have had to pay some money into doing it versus it being free, right? Again, I think even just having to pay, you know, $25, $50, you know, again, you've got skin in the game and you're more likely to really put effort towards quitting. Definitely. Well, let's talk about another way of quitting. And this one sees quite a bit of success. And that's counseling support and counseling support combined with nicotine replacement therapy. So people who use a quit line or another service, like you mentioned, the Freedom from Smoking program, which is kind of like a small group therapy that provides advice, encouragement, coaching, and possibly peer support, depending on the class, can make you twice as likely to quit than someone who tries to quit cold turkey. And counseling support is so effective because it causes you to actually take a look at your behavior and helps you come up with ways to change it and keep you from falling back into bad habits. So it's almost like, you know, a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy where you're kind of having to stop and assess and find out what your triggers are. It's not just, hey, I like smoking or this feels good. There's a reason why you're reaching for a cigarette and everybody's reason is different, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then those who combine counseling support with nicotine replacement therapy, which we'll go into in a minute, are three times as likely to quit as those who try to quit cold turkey. And so these programs give you all the benefits of a quit program with the added benefit of having the nicotine replacement therapy to take the edge off of the withdrawal symptoms. So I know some of these programs do offer like a discounted nicotine replacement therapy because nicotine replacements are not free and they're not cheap all the time either. Right. right. Yes. So I just wanted to add to this because especially with COVID-19, probably one of the best ways to quit smoking if you're looking to do that right now is to maybe do an online program. So I'm going to go through three of them. So Bethany, you've mentioned Freedom from Smoking. Mm -hmm. So this is a program offered through the American Lung Association, and you can sign up for that at www.lung.org. So it's basically what Bethany was describing before, where you pick a quit date, you learn your triggers, you come up with ways to deal with those triggers for smoking, and you are provided emails or texts to kind of support you along the way. And then I believe they offer nicotine replacement therapy as part of that as well. Okay. Then there is a national program. It's called smokefree.gov. So this is a government-run program. Again, it's structured kind of the same way with the quit date and working through the triggers and all of that. So you can just go to smokefree.gov to access that information. And then the last one I'll mention, at least here in Wisconsin, where we work, we have the Wisconsin Tobacco Quit Line. Now, each state kind of has their own sort of version of the quit line. So you'd probably want to look that up. But for here in Wisconsin, you can sign up for the quit line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW, or you can text READY, in all caps, to 200-400. Some of you who didn't have a pen handy for that, we will include all of this information in our show notes as well. Yeah. So what's cool about the quit line, it's open to anyone with a Wisconsin area code over the age of 13. Isn't that kind of cool? Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I originally thought it was 18, but it's actually 13. They also make accommodations for those with hearing impairments, as well as interpreters for nearly every language. Oh, that's good. And yeah, they also help people with quitting vaping and chewing tobacco as well. So that's cool. And then we're going to go into the nicotine replacement therapy. And Bethany, you mentioned that it's it can often be expensive. So if people sign up through the quit line, so you register for the services and then you speak with a quit line coach and make a plan to quit, then your coach will mail a free two-week supply of nicotine replacement to you and you can choose between the patch, the lozenge, or the gum. So kind of a little incentive there to help with quitting smoking as well. Right. You do have to do a little work first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that leads us into talking about nicotine replacement therapy. And so these are things like, you know, gum, the lozenges or patches, and they've been shown to increase the likelihood of someone quitting when using them by 50 to 70%. Wow. That's big. Yes. No one method worked any better than the other. So that's kind of good news too. You're often using them for like eight to 12 weeks as well. And I know that um, I my husband is a former smoker and I know that he sometimes will use the gum if he's having a particularly stressful, you know, you have those moments where your triggers kind of flare up again and he'll have a little bit of the gum on hand for those days where he's just kind of struggling to get through, you know, just on willpower alone. So okay. just to add one more thing also, because we've talked about how expensive nicotine replacement therapy can be, there are ways you can get discounts with that as well. So if you go to GoodRx, you can get online discounts or you can get like a a code. So when you go to buy that at the store, you get money taken off of that. And then all the different nicotine replacement products, if you go to those company websites like Nicoderm or Nicorette, they usually have coupons on there as well that you can download. Yeah. So Leading away from the nicotine therapy, there's also prescription drugs that may be helpful. And so if you already have a primary care physician or if you're seeing a doctor for other conditions who might want you to quit smoking for their reasons, you can speak to them about these drugs. Chantix is one of them that you might have heard of. It's nicotine free. So it's not a nicotine replacement pill. I think some people tend to think that it is. But Mm -hmm. it's not. What it does is it attaches to the nicotine receptors in your brain and it releases dopamine in smaller levels than nicotine would. So it blocks the nicotine from actually reaching your brain. And instead, the chemicals in the Chantex give you that same good feeling that you would get from the cigarette. So it kind of helps you in that way. It's kind of interesting. That's actually really cool. Yeah. So and from what I understand, you actually start taking it several days before your quit date. So it's kind of built up in your system and it helps to ease that transition a little more. Also, some antidepressants seem to have some success with helping smokers quit as well. And they have been shown to be even more successful when used along with nicotine replacement therapy. So your doctor would be able to give you a little more information as to which of those would work for you. And then the last way to quit is finding a buddy and quitting together. You know, especially if that buddy is someone in your household who smokes, such as your spouse or partner, because of course, 
according to a study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association's Internal Medicine, people were more successful at quitting if their partner quit as well, which stands to reason. I mean, we've had people come into our center and say, I really want to quit smoking, but my husband or my wife doesn't. And Mm -hmm. that just makes things so much more complicated and so much more difficult. So, yeah. Well, quitting smoking is one of the best things you can do, not only for your heart health, but your general health as well. Mm-hmm. Pick a date. Might we suggest November 19th? <laughs> That's the, next Thursday. <laughs> to quit and make a plan to do it. You can find links to quitting resources and how to participate in the Great American Smokeout in our show notes. You can do it, ladies. Yes, you can. Woo. Well, thanks for joining us today. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, Visit our website at www.karenyantcenter.org, like us on Facebook at Karen Yant Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, ladies, be ruler of your own heart.